when you do a SWOT, you don't debate it. It's a brainstorming. It's not a debate. A SWOT is information. You're collecting information. Stay curious. Don't, don't show a judgment right away. You've got to watch your body language and your tone. If someone's saying something's a weakness, then it's perceived as a weakness, then it's weak somewhere. So you've got to appreciate and respect and, and thank people for sharing those things. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My people, it is time to start thinking about annual planning for 2024. I know, I know, it's September, which means getting started now puts you in the game for a really successful planning season. At NCG, our cascading planning cycle kicks off annual planning in August. So really, we're a couple weeks late here. This is the time for designation of pre-work by the business owner. This helps you set the tone. This pre-work involves looking at your primary aim again, making sure your crisis letter is up to date, making sure that the intent of the business, the strategy, is still on the right track. It's also a really great time for your three-year vision updates. And it just so happens we released an episode on the practice of visioning with Brian Nolan just last week. Please go check that out and get inspired with how to attack your company vision proactively. Now, annual planning. Last year in early October, Brian and I recorded an episode on this topic. We talked about the framework, and it's a great conversation. It's tangible, some solid takeaways, and I found it to be pretty engaging. So I thought, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back in September when we actually need to be thinking about annual planning. Brian highlights where to start, different frameworks to work through, and recommendations for getting the process started on the right foot. So, I challenge all of our business owners listening on today's episode. Open your calendars. I will wait. Block off your planning pre-work time. And set the follow-up planning meetings that are going to have to happen in October and November and December. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode. Brian Nolan, welcome back to our podcast. Thanks, and talking about my favorite subject, planning. I don't know. I feel like you have a lot of favorite subjects. I do, but I do, but I, I really got my start uh, in uh, Connecticut in 1990 as a planning and development coordinator. I was this young buck, um, so I've been exposed to this planning forever, it seems like. Um, and I've, I've just witnessed how it helps people achieve their goal in, in a very intentional way. It certainly does, um, which I guess is the reason why I asked you to join us for this particular right. episode. I would have thought you would have asked Andrew because he's like a technician in planning. Well, Andrew's had a lot of airtime. Yeah, it's my turn. Yeah, it's his turn. Last episode, I think it went out maybe a couple of weeks ago. We said we were going to give him a couple months off. Yeah, so right. we're... Uh, no, he would love he would love to be here. Um, in in reality, though, it, it's a good point. I mean, all of our coaches are 
really passionate about the planning topic. You know, Andrew specifically is big on the CPP and like the intentional uh, structure and format of the annual planning process. So hence the reason why we are about to enter into Q4. Um, when you're listening to this episode, it will be Q4. Uh, happy Q4, everybody. You've made it to this point in, in 2022. And when we look at our cascading planning process diagram, the annual planning portion or the annual planning activity really starts about now, right, Bri? Yeah, I mean, it's got me thinking about it. So it's 80 days out and uh, January is not far. And um, you don't want to be in January when you start planning January. You want to start planning now. And it's the role of the leader to really look ahead. I've got, I've got guys doing the war on winter. Uh, now is the time so you can gear up for a good year. What's interesting too is, and then that's a good point, you don't want to be planning for the next year in the year you're already in. So oh. we start in this Q4 timeframe. We really, we don't really finish until we're in January. We're in Q1 of the following year. So what we're really doing is entering a full season of planning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a very intentional way. And I, I, I talk about pl making planning a core function in your company, a core function. So what's a core function? Building is a core, core function. Sales is a core function. Um, production is a core function. Planning uh, should not be just like this thing that we go, oh yeah, we need to plan now. A, a core function happens daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. And in, in order for us to um, keep the big rocks in front of us, we have to incorporate them into our daily calendars. We have to have monthly, if not more frequently, on the business meetings with the leadership team. Uh, we have to have quarterly reviews to see how we're doing against those, those plans and stake out the next three months. And then right now is the time for leaders to be taking a step back and looking at first their primary aim. That was the last podcast that we did together uh, on that member adventure that we had. Am, am I moving towards my primary aim in life? And then secondly, I should be working on my vision right now. What's the vision for my company in three years? And then what's next year's plan? Um, and then, then you work the plan during the year. So this is a time where the leader, the owner, the, president should be um, thinking out far and getting ready to present that to the leadership team. So this is, so that's kind of the, the first component of it here is recognizing in, you know, late September, very beginning of October, this is, this is an owner's intention of really being aware of kind of where they're at in terms of the primary aim and reflecting and beginning to move forward. They're moving the ball forward when I put in terms of beginning the annual planning discussion. Yeah, you you own this. I mean, you own visioning. Um, maybe someday we'll do a podcast on visioning, the art of visioning. Uh, it's really important. I, I know it's cloudy, but you can find things there. Um, so yeah, you, you owe that. And then you start a structure with your leadership team, a, a planning structure that is, is completed when the cascading planning process summary, the CPP summary, the one-page business plan in essence, is done. And then you cascade that down in 90-day plans and then individual plans with your people to make sure that uh, um, every employee has a lot of sight to that vision. You've heard me say that before. Oh, yes. 
Uh, it's something I'd learned back in 1990 through Gus Gamash when he said to me, looked at me passionately, like, it's my job to make sure everybody in this company has a line of sight to what we want to achieve and that I can somehow tie their work into it and, and have a shared success model towards it. I want complete engagement. And you own that if you're the leader. You own it and we under-communicate it. And I, I do it too. Catherine just yesterday challenged me on a couple of things because I, I haven't been thinking that strategically maybe lately. And um, she's wondering where my head's going. So I'm like, no, Catherine, those are great questions. And I own that. So if the one page CPP summary, that completion, and then sharing that to the team so that they do have a line of sight to the vision is the goal for, let's say, early January, mid-January completion. And here we are in October. Where do we begin outside of being aware that the owner is moving the ball forward or starting the process? How are we deciding how we are approaching this year's planning process? Yeah, let me back up first to, to the end in mind, then I'll come back to that. Um, for, I don't know, 30 years now, I've watched Kevin read his vision to the entire company in January. And I've watched people after that come up to him and say, they wanna be that next salesperson or they want that role. And so um, I can't, I can't emphasize the importance of that enough. So we're backing up now and, and the owner, you're working on your vision and then uh, you're gonna set um, a series of planning meetings with your leadership team. And there's a, there's a couple ways, well, probably more than a couple, but there's a couple ways we're gonna explore on this podcast, right, Ma? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. they're primarily the way that we, you know, we um, operate here internally at NCG is there's kind of two direct courses that you can take for the planning process. One being an in-office planning, you know, framework with your management team. The other being more retreat style. Both are great. Both have pros, both have, you know, disadvantages. Um, the important thing is regardless that you do one of them. And so there's probably your different stages of your company life cycle that it makes sense for do one over the other, who what players are involved. But by break down the two different approaches um, in terms of you know what they look like from a, a high level view. Yeah, so um, if you're a smaller company um, with not a significant management team yet, um, then we would recommend sort of a, a, a three to four step a process. Uh, if you're a larger company with a management team uh, well entrenched um, that you rely on to really uh, have conflict and battle together and, and, and to draw out the best strategic direction and rocks, then, then a retreat, a planning retreat, a, a two-day off-site retreat to completely get your mind um, off of the day-to-day -day in the business. So this this first um, session or this, this breakdown, this um, in-office or three, three to four session one, um, you're gonna have three to four, one, one and a half hour meetings. And uh, the first thing you're gonna do with uh, two, three or four of your people is you're gonna, you're gonna share with them um, 
your vision for next year. You're going to review the current rocks. How do we do against those? You're going to review the current year's financial, begin to look at, at what worked well, what didn't. Then you're going to do a team SWAT. You're going to do it um, together, uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. You can, uh, I like doing it on a flip chart. Um, some people do it on, on Google ahead of time even, but you want to give everybody the opportunity. And this is really um, uh, so important that people feel free to speak their mind, to say what they think the weaknesses of, of the company are. I used to have a hard time with it. And, and Kathy used to say, cover your belly button. Because um, <laughs> you get very protective. You don't like to hear weaknesses. But if you don't hear them, then you have blind spots. And that's, that's not a good thing. That's that, that a first meeting. And then when you have a SWAT done, you have a series of weaknesses that present issues, we call them planning discussion items or PDIs. And in the, the second meeting, um, you're generally going over those, you're picking the four or five PDIs that uh, you want to round table with your group um, and come up with some resolutions to, to those issues. You also wanna begin presenting your organizational structure for next year and, and three years out. Um, the meeting after that uh, would be a budget meeting and you'd be looking at the revenue cookbook and how many feet on the street we need, how much revenue can we do and, and the GP that we need. And, um, and the meeting after that, you're really finalizing uh, your big rocks and your, your CPP summary and your key performance indicators, and then making a 90-day plan. Um, so it like it all it all sort of goes through um, like a not a pyramid, um, a funnel, a funnel. Thank you. Of, yeah. Of, um, starting with uh, okay, where where do do we want to go? But now, how we do do this year? What are our weaknesses? And then we talk about them. And we come up with a plan to address them. That is the gap between where we are now and the vision. And then we develop big rocks around those weaknesses that become things we work on. I love it. But I've got a couple questions for you because I know okay. our, I know our listeners will as well. We can't just show up to these meetings, though. There, I mean, there's got to be some pre-work, pre-thought involved, right? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of um, socializing that I, I, I think an owner has to do. With, with their key people, the vision first. Um, and I, I think I, I like to put concepts by people so I just don't, don't show up. Um, so I think that's really important. I also ask them to think about it. So I'm gonna get into the two-day retreat. And in the two-day retreat, um, I'm doing several weeks of sort of pre-think. I'm, I'm putting out um, a Google sheet and I'm asking the team to list every issue that they think is important that, that needs to be discussed for us to advance. Um, and then I'm going to ask them to multi-vote where uh, they'll end up being like 25 or 30 issues. Then I want the team to put a certain number of votes next to issues they think are the most um, intense or the most uh, are the, are the biggest obstacles or biggest things to address. And then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna choose based upon people's weight and my opinion on that. So um, it, 
people aren't just showing up, but if you do in the cascading planning process, this this shouldn't be brand new. If okay. you've been, you know, remember you've been planning all year round. You've been having OTB meetings all year. You have a 90 day plan. What this is doing is this is just looking ahead a little further, further out, where we making sure we're on course and and uh, it's a chance to recalibrate, if you will. That's a good point that if you're you know working within the routine of the CPP cycle that these these discussions are happening. I do think it's important though to recognize there probably are some listeners out there who annual planning is not, a typical behavior. They they try to do a, a, a plan or they have some ideas. They try to do a budget. Um, so in the event that this is not a typical, these are typical conversations that you're having with members of your team, or this isn't a typical, you know, behavior of creating a plan for the next year. I would, you know, we would encourage some pre-thought, some pre-work to go into it so that when you're showing up for these, you know, these meetings that you are setting, that you are, you know, defending the time, you're going to give it the full 90 minutes that you set on the calendar for, that you're coming in order to work through the agenda productively. Yeah. And, and it's so the pre-work is that the company knows the direction you want to go in. That you've got to be able to lay out to them what you want the business to look like so they can observe uh, and then, then give it an opinion on, on the, where we strong, where we weak, what are the opportunities they think and what are the, the threats? Um, so yeah, these um, pre-meetings to get people thinking about it or uh, conversations that they have are really important. Uh, okay, next question before you move into telling us about the, the retreat style. Yeah. Um, and because I, I think it's important that, you know, if we're asking people to who are, who are involved in the planning to be comfortable to share the company weaknesses that they believe to be weaknesses or share issues that they feel need attention. How are we creating a space? How is an, how is a management team, how's an owner creating a space where people feel comfortable to share those things? I mean, you said yourself, it took, it takes a little while um, to maybe hear some things that you, you know, and Catherine says, you know, cover, cover your belly button, but how do you get to a place where people feel like they can they can speak up and not feel like in a month they're gonna there's gonna be a consequence that they shared something you didn't want to hear. I think there's a couple of things you, you can do as a leader. Um, the first is when you do a SWAT, uh, you don't debate it. it. It's you don't brain. It's a brainstorming. It's not a debate. A SWAT is information. You're collecting information, so you've got to say I. So you you get it that on paper. You can ask questions that clarifying questions that you want to know what they meant by that, but you, you don't debate it at that point. Second thing is when you do debate it as a leader, stay curious. Don't, don't show a judgment right away. You've got to watch your body language and your tone. And um, then you have to show appreciation for uh, their, their um, input. It, the instinct that we as leaders have is to, immediately sort of defend uh, what what we believe to be right about it. And right. um, we can't do that because if, 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 if someone's saying something's a weakness, then it's perceived as, as a weakness, then it's weak somewhere. And maybe it's weak in how you're, you're communicating something. Um, 
there's weakness somewhere. So you've got to you've got to appreciate and respect and and thank people for uh, sharing those things. I remember years ago um, in our first SWAT, one of our SWAT, Steve talked and said, uh, communication, communication is a weakness. And I, I was like, what are you kidding me? Communication, I'm a high eye. And, I, and that was like a completely wrong thing to do. And so obviously, so he was a satellite coach. We obviously weren't doing a good job communicating. And we put in a lot of things in place at, after that. And I, I believe the next year it was not. Here I'm thinking communication's great. We right. communicate. I'm always talking to people. Steve, I'm always talking to you. Um, but he wasn't getting the right information from the right people at the right time to help him understand some stuff. Um, which would always ultimately, you know, blocking things from happening or blocking certain clients maybe from knowing things. So there's a, there's a, there's a, a, an effect when there's weaknesses in place that are, you know, affecting more areas than you realize. Um, And my last question in regards to these particular meetings, you know, the ones that we are, you know, doing three or four of them and like these 90 minute, maybe, you know, two hour blocks, I would expect like a retreat, we are setting some ground rules as well, right? So we are showing up to these meetings and there's ground rules around them so that we are focused because I can imagine, especially when this is happening in October, November, December, it's still busy time for everybody personally and professionally. So how are we really using that time and dialing in? What kind of ground rules should we be setting? Yeah, so I I really believe in uh, every leadership team, whether it's small or big, having operating guidelines. Um, And it's such things as consensus is nice, but not the goal. Um, We use a consultative decision-making process. we put our phones upside down. Um, we, we don't multitask. Um, if we think it, we say it. Um, we don't talk about something outside of, of the room that we, would, that we should be talking about inside the room. As Patrick Lencioni says, nothing should be left to say in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how we debate, uh, what active listening looks like, how we hold each other accountable, how we start and finish on time. There's, there's a whole bunch of them. We're a team working together. Um, like I, if someone is working on their laptop, I don't know if they're answering emails or if they're taking notes. I get sort of wigged out there. Um, I know, it drives you crazy. <laughs> drives me crazy. Um, I, I want complete attention in this because I want, I need the full brain here. So if, if I don't have it, I call it out. Um, you've probably seen me do it a couple of times. Oh, it's been done to me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just trying to finish one email, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, and I, I certainly understand the reasoning for it. Um, and some people work, I mean, I prefer to take notes on my laptop versus in a notebook, but there are distractions when you do have your laptop open. And so how are you, you're, you're shutting down all the other tabs so that all you have open is the word doc and you're just focused on that. Um, but these are things that are, are important to keep in mind. Okay. Uh, so that's why I, that's why I generally recommend uh, a place out of the office and a more extended period of time to get complete focus. So right. let's, let's move into that, that retreat style. Yeah. yeah so um, the retreat style is, could be at a uh, 
country club, could be at a Pocono house, could be, I know Brooks has done it at Tahoe several times. Um, I've done it in various places with companies. And uh, two and a half days, you meet, I say two and a half, because you meet at five o'clock the night before and for a two hour sort of warm up uh, with the team and uh, in the two hour warm up. Um, okay, I, I'm gonna presuppose though that we've already done the SWAT. Like, okay. okay, so we've had that pre-meeting where we've done a SWAT and uh, we've actually voted on issues and we have planning discussion items and there's anywhere between eight and 10 critical items that have to be addressed during the next two days. And so gonna, really, it's more than just like the two-day retreat. This is, there's extensive work that's been put in ahead of time to totally, this. Totally, that's important. Actually, the first meeting of the four meetings in the first format is pretty much the same meeting. I want, I want some vision sharing happening. I want, um, I want to lay out the start of a SWAT. In the retreat, I'm going to ask people to, again, go back to Google. And I want my team to list every weakness I'm in there, and then we're going to vote on them. So uh, and then I'm going to have um, PDI owners or topic owners because I want them coming to the retreat having done some preparation. I want them to be able to um, accurately describe the problem concisely um, so that we're not solving a problem that's bigger than the one that actually is and scope creep happens. So we, we assign a PDI owner. And um, I generally have each PDI owner, this is at the night before meeting between five and seven um, after we go through the operating guidelines again. And after we go through an icebreaker of sorts, I have various icebreakers of vulnerability uh, that attempt to build the team up, right? To get, to get the trust in the team, get the team warmed up to be able to um, challenge each other. Get in, real, yeah. In an effective way. Um, so then each, each uh, PDI owner is just going to do a quick uh, snapshot of their PDI to get clarification for it. And then we go into the next day and we'll go from 7.45 until 2 o'clock. I don't go past 2 o'clock because remember, nothing good happens after 2 o'clock a.m. or p.m. It was just you finished my sentence. I was going to say or a.m. Yeah, it's just the energy goes down at 2 o'clock, yeah. you know, and so you want to you want to maintain high energy, um, and so we'll we'll go through. Uh, we'll spend thirty minutes on uh, financials. We'll spend thirty minutes on a vision conversation. What excites you most? What are you most worried about? And I'm taking notes up there. Um, we are then uh, prioritizing our top eight PDIs, planning discussion items. Um, we then hitting uh, for about 40 minutes, the organizational structure now and in the future, putting some financial implications towards that. Um, and then we go and we're anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour per PDI. Um, we have a very, very set PDI process where the topic owner states the issue uh, and then people ask questions about it. And then someone restates the issue make sure that the scope is clear and then we then we do battle we we have we have challenge and conflict and then we have solutions and then we have a i call a so what so what do we do about it so what is is it a rock and then we capture that um and then we do that again and again obviously lunch breaks um 
because then at the end of the two days, uh, we will look at all the so what's, all the takeaways from each PDI and come to terms with what the big rocks are, uh, making sure we're defining what winning looks like. Biggest problem with big rocks is what done looks like is not, not the same to everybody. And mm -hmm. so we got to spend really a lot of time making sure what, what done looks like, and then we could identify the first three to five action steps and who owns it. Um, and then uh, we have enough material. Uh, then we make sure that, I'm sorry, that the goals are, are set and we, we have enough material to do the CPP summary. The next time we meet in the office, someone is assigned. So there's always an integrator. It's not, it's not the leader of the company. Uh, it could be me if I'm if I'm retained to uh, facilitate this. I've mm. I've got uh, four lined up now for the season. I'm heading out west. Um, it could be the uh, integrator in our company. Actually, Catherine runs the meeting, which allows me to be the visionary and allows me to debate without worrying about. You know, she'll keep me on on time. I'm not thinking about time. I'm thinking about content, right? And important to note, you know, she's leading the meeting, but then she is also then assigning D, Deidre to be involved in capturing the notes and capturing right. the high points so that she and D can go back after the meeting and really begin to kind of allocate what, what was discussed to begin to pull that CPP summary together. So it's this, this two-day retreat is really about, you know, looking at all of the eight to 10 PDIs, these large items that need discussion to really draw down into your three to five core items that are you're establishing as your big rocks. Um, these are yeah. big things. So they require time and debate that, you know, it's going to battle, as you say, to really understand what they look like. And like you said, what defines winning, but it doesn't just finish in that two-day retreat. There's work that's done at the forefront. There's work that's done after. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's a, a couple of things that I want to say. Um, just about these debates, you just sort of gave me some thought process there. We we make sure we um, we pick a decision maker uh, um, once the uh, PDI is adequately teased out to what we're trying to solve. And this has been really hard for me. I think you've heard it maybe in other podcasts that, that the more you can push down decision making, um, the more you engage your people, and the more you free yourself up. And um, so uh, I've had to work really, really hard at this. And I challenge all, all my listeners to do the same, to before you debate, push it down. I mean, if you have a sales manager, marketing manager, production manager, they need to be making critical decisions and you need to give them that authority uh, to match the responsibility that you have. Um, so, yeah. And I think one thing that's important to mention too, you know, whatever type of meeting you're you're doing, um, you mentioned like assigning topic leaders to different parts of the agenda that they're coming prepared with the facts that they're, they're the context to setter. That person doesn't need to be involved in the entire two-day meeting or the entire planning process. If there are, you know, is there, if there's one or two people that need to be involved in some of those PDI discussions, yeah, bring them in for half a day. Um, you know, that also shows them that they're, they're developing in a way where they are invited to be a part of that planning meeting, but not necessarily ready to be a part of, they don't need to be a part of all the discussions quite yet. Really good point. 
really good point. Um, it, it, it allows uh, other people in the company to be heard and it allows the leadership team to uh, get the, the real deal, the real picture of what's going on and, and the right facts. Um, so I, I do, I, I don't want philosophical and hypothetical conversations in these meetings. I want, uh, I want, I want, I want the facts and then I want to debate options. And um, so coming come prepared for this is so key. What, what I really, you know, you've asked me in the past, what's the difference between a, you know, multiple session planning and a retreat. And think about a retreat is you are absorbed in strategic thinking. You get so absorbed in, in what's possible. So last year when, when we did it, what came out of it was this main theme of scalability. I, I realized that NCG wasn't really scalable um, and we needed to be more scalable. So we brought on several satellite coaches this year. We brought on business specialists. We're bringing on a, another admin now. Um, really, it was a year to make some investment for us. Um, I'm working on next year's theme now. It's uh, likely going to be revenue. Uh, uh, we're talking about this is kind of wild, like, like an NCG Summit app, um, call it Focus, that will help people uh, when they're not being coached, stay on track. So I'm, 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 I'm starting to think very, I'm starting to think very big now, strategic now, because uh, it's that season. Speaking of, I mean, we, like I always say, when we have these podcasts and, and, and other discussions, we practice what we preach here. Um, to, on the episodes, we are doing our own annual planning, of course. And Brian, when are we meeting? The two days, uh, November um, 16, 17. Um, and uh, we will block out two days. I've already looked. I have a lot of other calls on my calendar. So I'm going to have to cancel some of those or move those because I've got to keep that sacred. Um, otherwise, uh, Catherine will be all over me for that. <laughs> That's not good. And just to kind of you know bring it all together, you know, from your own personal uh, experience, what are some like highlights or things that you've seen from some retreats that you have facilitated over the years? You've done many, many, um, some great, some really challenging. Anything that you know really sticks out to you? Yeah, I mean the um, MB Jesse, if Matt's listening. Last year we had uh, we had a breakthrough in understanding um, productivity and some issues around that. Um, uh, in other ones, it, it, there's been a lot about uh, the team really forming. Uh, in my own, it, it's been decisions like to uh, close down the call center that we owned mm -hmm. and had a while ago because it wasn't a passion, it wasn't what we wanted to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, in, uh, I've done them with, with Webfoot, uh, uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, Brooks, uh, New Life, um, and they, they really use it as a, as a time to, to reset, reset the team, reset the goal, everybody on the same page, celebrate where we've been, uh, get out of the day-to-day -day busy work, remember where we're going. And, and have some fun. I think that's have some. Oh, see, yeah, we, I didn't say that. I, 
I shouldn't say that. What I've recommended in this two-day retreat is um, you end at two o'clock and you play. You play from like 2.30 until 5.30 um, and you do hikes or you go bowling or you go sailing. Uh, I, uh, A.G. Williams, I just, I just did A.G. Williams. They kicked theirs off early. We went on a big sailboat. Um, <clears throat> you get a chance to also talk about the planning session during these activities and, and think about it. And, and then, then you come back for a cocktail hour that night and you do a debrief, what was talked about. Um, the activity, like the fun is almost like the debrief before the actual debrief happens. It is. It's the debrief before the debrief and you come back and, uh, and then, you know, you leave there like uh, a rocket ship with everybody on, on the same page. What the biggest, the biggest mistakes I've seen is people leaving there thinking everybody understands what the priorities are, but everybody has different opinions of what the rock actually was. Then you move back into day to day. So the one advice I'd give everybody on this call is to make sure that um, the rocks, the big rocks, which are the main thing, are the rocks the main thing? That's the first thing. Are, are the big rocks the most important thing or are they just something we hope to get to? Because the big rocks have to be the main thing. And if they're not, then you're not, you're not sort, sort of honoring the planning process, getting you towards your vision. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got to really dial in what done looks like. Crystal clear, like looking in a lake and seeing the reflection, you see it done. Well, cheers to planning season. Here we are. <laughs> Kick, yeah, it always it comes at the coldest time of the year and, and things, but uh, it's good to, to get amped up about it. Get, communicate it. it. And, you know, at the end of it in January, there should be like rollouts of our plan. And, you know, the 90-day plan, does the company have one 90-day plan? Does everybody know it? Um, how, are you, how are you you developing individual 90-day plans um, and individual development plans for people tied to it? I think that's also an accountability measure too, knowing that like you've told your employees, your 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 larger team that you will be sharing this plan come mid-January. So they're expecting to hear it. So that's an accountability that if you are not hitting those goals, well, why? Uh, and you know, it's like if you say something out loud and other and you tell other people, well, now people know about it and now you have to make it happen. Yes. Very good. That's the scariest part of saying it out loud. Oh. Well, Brian, thank you so much. Uh, cheers yeah. to you all out there starting your annual planning, whether or not you do it retreat style or you do it over several different meetings, regardless, make it happen. Uh, it will it will prove successful the more framework you put around it. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.